from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everyone. Your new favorite podcast, your favorite pop culture podcast. We're back today with another great show. We're down two people, though. Uh, we are going to have a, it's going to be a little bit of a, probably a faster show because we're not going to have five people weighing in. We're only going to have three people weighing in today. We're down uh, Justine and Patrick. Unfortunately, they had some stuff with work that uh, just it proved to be too much this week. They weren't able to catch up on the movies. And then they had to work today, so they just took the day off from the podcast. So it's a lot of work. So we're, we wish them well, and we hope they're they're doing well, and we hope they're staying healthy. Boy, out of all the people, John, you included, uh, during this pandemic, man, the three of you guys are just still working constantly, along with my wife. Uh, don't, yeah. don't seem to be able to get any time off. My wife actually finally took some vacation days this past week. Uh, good yeah which good. is which is nice but she's been at it jake and i are of course you know we're just we're men of leisure jake and i mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, right. not anymore you're both back to work yeah although that's jake right. although jake has some work to do today he's gonna cook a birthday dinner for mm-hmm. for sandy happy birthday sandy wherever you are in the house over there wherever she may be do you want to do you want to give us a, a hint as to what you're going to be cooking tonight jake break it down for us well, she said she wants spaghetti, so I think I'm going to go with spaghetti. That is the she, what an easy dinner for you. It it could not have gone easier for you. Yeah. Well, I just open a can of spaghetti. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so open up a can of spaghettios and we're good to that's go. That's, 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 like, I didn't think spaghetti O's. I didn't <laughs> say spaghetti O's. <laughs> He's like, look, hon, I went the extra mile and I made these little circles for you. And I meant to make hearts, but they didn't quite work out. So these are the That's little, right. these are the little spaghetti circles. Uh, when so was the, when was the last time you guys had spaghettios? When was the last time you've had that? Uh, John, have you ever had spaghettios? Oh, had spaghettios. probably last time I had them, I probably it was like in sixth grade. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember ever. I don't remember ever having spaghettios. Yeah, we were. That was not a food that we were allowed to have. But I remember having it like. <laughs> You know, my mom was nothing out of a can, like no pre-prep meals out of a can. You know, she'd use yeah. stuff out of a can, but nothing like fully formed. Um, yeah. But I remember having it like at friends' houses and stuff, and I remember the sauce being very sweet. It had like a it's sweet, very yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. like, why? Why is it so sweet? Just, <laughs> it's, it's if a kid decided to make um, spaghetti. Yeah, that's what right. It it's like. basically like Buddy the Elf. That's probably what his spaghetti tastes like. It's probably spaghetti. Right. Yeah. He probably dumped some jelly beans in the spaghetti. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Let me tell you something, Jake. If your cooking is anything like your model painting, uh, <laughs> so I, I picked up this game a couple weeks ago. I picked up a game called Aliens, based on the movie Aliens, called Aliens: Another Glorious Day in the Core. It's a board game. It's a cooperative board game, and you're basically playing through all the scenarios from the movie. And it came with all these little pieces and that said, oh, you got to put these together, which is no big deal. I put I put minis together, but these were actually models that needed to be uh, glued and painted. And if you know me, I have zero patience. So <laughs> I had to redo all the ones that you put did, together. Did you really? <laughs> I just, <laughs> they did. There was like there's like hunks of glue that yes. were like sticking out of the edges. I'm like, oh Jesus, I had to fix that. I just slapped them together. I just slapped. I was just gonna get them in play, just enough to put them on the board. And then Jake's mm-hmm. been asking me a couple of weeks. Uh, he's like, hey, I, if you have anything painted, I'm doing model painting. Let me know. So uh, I posted that picture, and Jake's like, bring them over. 
Jake's yep. like, I'll go pick him up. Let me. So I, I need the practice. Yeah. So he picked him up on Friday, and then he sends me a, a a text on Saturday, like Saturday evening. Picks him up late Friday, like Friday afternoon. Pick gives me a, a like not even twenty four hours later. He's like, they're done. I'm like, what? So wow. he sends me a photo, and I I posted it. So we scroll back into our Twitter feed. You can see what a great job, man. What a great. I appreciate it. I really do. Wouldn't take money. I wanted to buy him at least lunch or something, and he oh. wouldn't take the money. He said, no, I needed the practice. So. As a reward, I'm going to let him paint all my Imperial Assault figures, all like hundreds of them. <laughs> and they better be movie quality or I'm taking them back. No, I'm kidding. He was great, um, man. It, you're going to get pink Stormtroopers. Darth Vader is going to have like a tie-dye look to him. Yeah, it's Rastafari cape. I love it. Rastafari cape, yeah. I love it. It, it. Fantastic job. Like I always – John, did you build models as a kid? I could never do that. I could never – yeah, I had all the, uh, as you can guess, I had all the Universal Monster models. Did you really? And there was like, there was 12 of them. I had all 12 on my on my shelf. <laughs> Painted and everything? Yeah, uh, a lot of times I was too lazy to paint them. But uh, sometimes I would I would break down and actually paint them, yeah. I remember my, as a kid, my brother had a, a uh, he did a, a model of the Battleship Missouri. And it had the, it had the, you know, it was at the signing of the surrender, right? So it actually yeah. had the, the color, like the battle colors, like it had these like strings with these little tiny flags on them. Wow. And my brother had done, I, I never had the patience to do anything like that, nor the coordination. I could never put models together. So it kudos. takes patience. It really takes patience. Yeah, it takes a lot of patience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're doing, if you're doing a plane or a ship, it takes forever. These mm-hmm. these monster models, you know, there's only like maybe twelve pieces, you know. And then what they had is they had uh, glow in the dark heads, so you could switch them out if you uh, wanted the regular head, no problem. But if you wanted them to glow in the dark, they had uh, glow in the dark heads and hands. <laughs> what uh, what had, what became of those models, John? Where are they? I have still got most of them uh, packed away in my garage. I've got them. Oh, yeah. awesome! Actually, I've got, yeah, that's cool. Didn't throw them. Didn't throw them away. <laughs> Maybe, hey, give them to Jake. He'll paint them. He'll pay him. There's a project. You know what they go for now? They they go for hundreds. If you've got if you have one that's unbuilt online, they go for hundreds. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's awesome. But they've done reproductions. They've uh, they've got a company that has rolled out some reproductions because I think Aurora is out of business. That's cool, man. How long would it take you to slap Mm -hmm. one together? Oh, you know, like uh, yeah, a good day. It, It wasn't that hard. Yeah. yeah. No, it took me a day to do those three pieces, and I was frustrated. And as, <laughs> as Jake can contest, I was not very good at it. So uh, there's things I'm good at, and model building is not one of them. I don't have the patience, the inclination, the coordination, and now I don't have the eyesight to do it. Ah, uh, yeah. I need tons of light, and uh, you know, I need one of those little magnifying glass things on your eyes. You know the. Like uh, Donald Pleasant's hat in The Great Escape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it makes him blind. You know, he does so many of them, he goes blind. You yeah. know? Jake, watch your eyes. I had to buy those otherwise. Yeah, no, I bought, I have, um, Sandy's mom bought me a magnifying, like a magnifying lamp. I don't know what they're called. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're looking yeah, through it the whole time? LED around the edge, and then the center of it's a magnifying glass. No, honestly, and man. If I, I didn't, if I didn't have that, I I would probably be blind already. I, honestly, man, I cannot get over. Me and Nicole were sitting there marveling, like, "Look at this! Did it in a day!" So, uh, thanks a lot for that. that was, that's really amazing. So, I, when will we be able to play it soon? I hope when we're all together. So, go out and get your vaccine, you dummies. 
not you guys, but uh, everybody yeah, else. Yeah, we're fine. Uh, John, are you any word on if you're getting the vaccine soon? Any, any? They're supposed to contact us. Um, Trader Joe's is keeping an eye on it. They're going to contact us when we're up for it. Uh, I don't know what what tier we're on. If we're second or third tier, but I guess grocery workers are considered essential workers. So yeah, you guys should have had it by now. At some point I, in Long Beach, they're already giving them to grocery workers yeah. uh, because Long Beach and Pasadena have like their own health rules because they have their own health department or something. Mm-hmm. But for everyone else, I guess we have to wait, but they're going to contact us as soon as they know. And it, it'll probably be through our, our health uh, insurance, you know, probably through PIH or something. Cause we have blue shield. I think blue shield is helping roll out the, the vaccine. So good, good, good to hear it. I'm glad. I hope you get, how about you? Are you going to get uh, uh, up from your, I'm hoping soon. Uh, they, I don't know where we are in the tier, but uh, I'm hoping that, uh, that we can get something going soon. My aunt got it at the forum. They, uh, she's over, you know, she's over 65. So they, they, she got an appointment and they all, you know, what's kind of nice about that is if you're older, you just drive up. You don't have to get out of your car. You roll down your window and, uh, they give it to you through the window. <laughs> they, they jab you with a needle and send you on your way. My mother. Yeah, so she said it was pretty quick. My mother-in-law is just, uh, retired. She retired on, on Friday from her nursing job. Um, so congratulations on my mother law, but she's immediately going to turn around and start volunteering at one of the super sites. Oh, to start, wow. Because start, they're asking for volunteers. So nice. She's going to volunteer nice. and, and start uh, giving out the vaccine. So um, you know, shout out to her. Uh, literally retired on Friday and is like, well, okay, I guess I'll go do wow. this now. So uh, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Super cool. Um, Guys, it's uh, we, we John. We had a big week. Did we? Did we talk about Cloris Leachman last week? We 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 Cloris no, Leachman. Lost, we didn't. We lost Cloris mm-hmm. Leachman last week, and we lost Cicely Tyson. Uh, yeah, and Cicely Tyson. Two big ones. And Cicely Tyson was ninety six. Cloris Leachman was what? How old, John? Uh, she was, oh, uh, I think she might have been in her nineties. Yeah. Yeah, these are these are two women that have just been around as long as I can remember. They've been in everything. Giants, that, yeah, you know. they've been in everything that as long as I can remember. So um, it's kind of weird to not to think that they're not with us anymore. You know, it's just like, well, because Cloris Leachman, I mean, was working right up until the last minute, and so was Cicely Tyson. Yeah, they've both been in TV. I think this year they were both in TV shows. You know, yeah. So they they were working actresses right to the end. Crazy, uh, but uh, R.I.P. Yeah, Frau Blucher. Blucher. I everybody for- email. Everybody emailed me. Blucher. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know who put up a nice um, um, little tribute was uh, Bill Moomy of uh, Lost in Space fame, who also worked with with uh, Cloris Leachman on the famous um, Twilight Zone episode called uh, "What Is It?" Uh, it's a good. Or no, what's what's the episode called? It's a good life. It's a good life, right? Yeah, that's a real good thing you done, Anthony. A real good thing. But, she's the mom, isn't she? Yeah, and I guess yeah. they reunited for the new Twilight Zone. They did a, they did a, a series where uh, he worked with with her again, right? And uh, I think she plays his mom, and it's his daughter who's the uh, who's the, the the kid with the uh, with all the powers. So yeah, but uh, that's great. What uh, it was good to see him together again, and he had a really nice tribute to her. Said she was amazing, and that they were friends. They stayed friends uh, all all his life and that she was, that's uh, cool. Yeah. She was someone that really, he really looked up to as far as, you know, and he said she was very, uh, she was a very, um, 
giving actress, very helpful and, and very giving. So uh, it's kind of sad, you know. I grew up watching, of course, all the Mel Brooks movies. She was in the, yeah. in the Mel Brooks movies, and and John, you of course know her from uh, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and Mary Tyler Moore. I don't think she was on Mary uh, Hartman. Oh yeah, Mary Rhoda. Uh, <laughs> and also, she, well, she had her own show. They spun Phyllis off into her own show. Did they really? So. The character she played on Mary Tyler Moore got her own show, just like Rhoda did. Everybody on that show got their own show, pretty much. Lou Grant got a show later Lou on. Lou Grant got a show, yeah. And God, that was great. And that was weird, because that was a drama. It was the uh, Lou Grant character, but he wasn't in a comedy. Yeah. He was in like an hour drama about uh, a newspaper in uh, Los Angeles. That's right. I remember that. And it was uh, His Girl Friday and uh, Rosalind Russell. And uh, she, uh, as a fact, Ed Asner had a really nice... Uh, uh, a memory. Uh, he he posted something. How he posted a picture. He had seen Chorus Wichman at some award show or something not too long ago. Probably I guess about a year ago with the two of them hugging. And uh, you know I guess they stayed in touch. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, now that we're all sad, let's get happy, John. Because you know why? Forget all your troubles. Come on, get happy. That's right, John. You know we're gonna we're going back in time to your. We're gonna we're talking about two of your favorite um, franchises here. We're talking yeah. about the road pictures, and we're talking about the Universal horror movies this week yeah. on the Digital Movie Club. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Which theme are we doing today, Jake? It's your call. Oh God, let me choose. It's hard to choose, right? It's like it's Just, like it's like picking a favorite cat. Yeah. Who's your favorite cat? Mila. <laughs> that wasn't hard. What about poor Jasper, man? Hey, he's fine. <laughs> no hesitation. You can you can, no you, you can you can tell who I'm talking to, even if you don't, even if you didn't hear me say their name, because I'm all nice and sweet to Mila. Like, oh, hey, Mila, he's the cute little baby girl, and I'll see Jasper with me. Hey. <laughs> Sup, well, you know, he's, he's Sup, a guy. Chubby. You know, he's a dude. You know, hey, how's it going? We have a dog yeah. and a cat, and I talk to the cat that way, and I talk to the dog, who's an idiot, hey. by the way, but I spoil hey. him. I oh. spoil him. I'm like, who's a handsome boy? And I'm like, what's You know a- why? Oh. Because he's sacred. <laughs> Allah says he's sacred. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. Yeah, the dog's dumb. Uh, but uh, God bless him. Today we found out that uh, the cat was there was a mylar balloon that my mother in law got for um, her retirement, and it was floating through the house. And um, there was a the cat immediately curious uh, went to play with the ribbon that it was attached to and looked at it and sniffed at it. It got all the way to the screen door, and then my dog immediately started barking at it and backing away from it. So that's the difference between those two. Lovely. <laughs> you would think it'd be the other way yeah, around. Yeah, you'd think it'd be the other way around. Nope. Uh, my dog was terrified of it, so uh, good because dog. Because cats, cats are thinking, how can I get on board and take it up into the air? <laughs> <laughs> or how can I destroy it? How can I destroy yeah, it? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing. It's like, I, I want to play with this, and if so, can I break it? Uh, how, how can, can I, I m- kill it and eat it? Yeah. 
how can I murder this? And then the dog's like, there's something in the house that I don't recognize. I have to tell. I don't every- like it. I, have I to- don't respect it. <laughs> to tell everyone about it. I'm, it's too far away for me to urinate on, so I'll just bark at it, is what the initial reaction was. Our cats are, you would think, you would think Jasper, who's, um, I think he's three months younger than our cat Mila and is about four pounds heavier. So he's huge. Um, he's the biggest scaredy cat ever. And Mila just doesn't give a shit about anything. <laughs> Female cats, man. They're, they're like the top of the food chain for sure. She just does not care. Yeah. He's so skittish. She'll try and grab him. And if he's not looking at you, he like jumps <laughs> a little bit. He's a little jumpy guy. He's a little jumpy guy. And then you touch me and she's like, just please don't touch me. (laughs) Immediately begins cleaning herself. That always makes me feel good as a pet owner. You pet the cat and the cat just starts immediately cleaning itself. Like, yeah, thanks. I'm filthy. Apparently. Yeah. John, now your two cats don't have never met, but they live in the same house. That's right. This fascinates me. Well, it's a big house, you know, so they don't need to meet. They each get half the house to themselves, so you know that's crazy. And you're like fun. you're like the go-between. Yeah, there's like one door, but I, you know, just got to make sure that they're never like sniffing at the door. They don't really care anymore. I think I, when I first moved in, they're like, "Hey, what's behind that door?" Now they're like, "I don't care." Yeah. For yeah. all they know, the house the house ends at that door. For all they know, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Their territories both end at that door. Yeah, people are always just always amazed, like, wow, how do you do that? Why do you do that? It's like, they don't care. And I guarantee you it's better for when I'm not here, that they're not, like, cornering each other and going nuts. Yeah. You know, because one of them's three, and the other one's, like, you know, 19. So I, there's no way that would work, <laughs> you know? 19. Yeah. That's an old cat. That is an old cat. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Knock on, knock on wood. She's healthy, you know. That's crazy. They Nine- get older. They they get older. Uh, Alex had a cat who was like 26 or something. And at that point, they're just sleeping all day. They don't do anything. <laughs> you know. Of course, cats just sleep all day anyway. They really, even the younger ones, you know, half the, half the day they're just sleeping. But uh, you get to that age, they're just, you know, they're just snoozing all day. I'm at that when age did, now. When did, they, when did they stop counting the days that that cat was going to die? Mm. What, yeah. You know, an indoor, an indoor cat can, um, that's the thing. If you're an indoor cat. You could really live a, a long, healthy life if if you've got good genes. You know, if you're outside, they always say an outdoor cat is eventually a dead cat because it's either going to get hit by a car, or it's going to get eaten by a, a coyote, or it's going to get in a fight. You know, with a dog, they just don't last that long if they're outdoors. But if they're indoors and you treat them right, they they can la- have a long, healthy life. You know, <laughs> this is bad news for me. Twenty six though. Do you have an outdoor cat? No, it's an indoor cat, and she wakes me up. So that's all bad the news because it'll always be around. Oh, the cat God. will outlive you. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. You just you ruined don't like cats, do you? I'm, they're not. I, I'm a dog person, but I like our, our cat's fine. She just I just don't like that our cat's fine. That just says everything. I, our our cat's cat, fine. I just, I just don't like that our cat has to announce herself at every like I'm here. At three in the morning, we know you're here. You live, you live in the house. Yeah. We know you're here. Six, yeah. six o'clock on the dock. Yeah. yeah. Meow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need. I don't need that. I don't need on the dot. I don't need. That's it. when you're sleeping, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of the night, she's yeah. just like, "I'm here." Yeah. We know you. They want to walk on your face. They want to like walk <laughs> on your face. And it's like because for them, it's not sleeping time. Their sleeping time was all day long. Now it's nighttime, 
and they get like the nighttime frenzy sometimes like, Hey, let's do something. It's like, no, it's three in the morning. I don't want to do something. I already fed you sleep or get out of my face. That's That's what it is. Uh, And you can't close the door because then that's just, you got to let them in because it's screaming, screaming time. So I I locked that door. I closed that door. Do they cry though? Uh, they're used to it now, but yeah, at first it was about half hour of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just go away, go they away. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll try it for a few minutes and they're like, Oh, forget it. It's not going to work anyway. <laughs> but the second, like six thirty, seven o'clock, it's just pawing at the door, meowing. Why? And then oh. we, uh, they want, they want to be with they want to be with you. They want to be with you for five minutes and then leave you alone for the rest of the day. That's they what they want. want. Have, they want to have access to you when they feel like it. I, yeah, I need. Exactly. I need them to. I need. I don't know. We need to do some kind of genetic work on these cats and just get them to be like dogs. You know? Jesus. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's there's certain breeds. There's certain breeds of cats that are a lot more cuddly and personable than certain breeds. So you. Just I mean, some cats do some have, research. Yeah, some cats do have. Uh, uh, are personable. You know, people think that all cats are aloof, but that's not really true. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are very friendly. No, your Natasha ca- is very friendly. Your, Natasha is very friendly. I can speak from experience. She will. Right, hop- you sit down, she jumps up in your lap. Yeah, that's not like a, most like, cats don't do. That. Yeah, she's like, what's up? Who, hey, how are you doing? Are you guys going to yeah. watch a movie? Cool. Let's watch a movie. She'll sit there with you the whole time. Yeah. She is so a good not cat. all cats are aloof. John, before yeah. Natasha, it was. Morticia. That's right. <laughs> nice. That's right. They're all named after uh, 60s femme fatales. Yeah. And you had Morticia for a long time, I remember. You had... Uh, about about 18 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I think that was the dog. The, the dog. That was the cat you had when I first met you, and then you, you got then uh, you got Natasha. I remember that. That's right. Yeah. Two cats. Old two cat Sandy. That's what we call him. <laughs> Arthur Two Sheds Jackson. <laughs> Guys, we, we, we got off uh, we got off the, the, the talking all this talk about cats. Cat talk. Midnight and the kitties are sleeping. I'm gonna do that every time we start talking about cats. That's our theme song. <laughs> it's time for the cat. Well, update. you've been nothing but consistent. So that's right. Mid- that's our, that's always for our friend Eric of Aragon. That's uh, that's uh, uh, he's a big David Letterman fan. Um, guys, it's Digital Movie Club time. Movies. And the format is digital. There we go. That's our theme this week. How's that? Please no. Or you could go, we're off on the road to the movies. There you go. Don't <laughs> cry for <laughs> me, <laughs> digital movies. I'm going more of an Andrew Lloyd Webber. You were supposed to be immortal. There you go. That's all they wanted. Not much to ask for. Whoa, John. I kept my promise. You know all that. Don't to- the distance. Now, you know what that is? That's the commercial. They used to show that commercial night and day. So that one little bit of Avita is stuck in my brain forever. They had a commercial and it was, I think it was Mandy Patinkin. Was the, that's the guy playing Che Guevara, you know? Yeah. Patinks. <laughs> what a name. Mandy Patinkin. Don't yeah. cry for me, West Covina. That's what we did over here in the regional theater. That was our version. Do you remember Joe Flaherty doing the uh, the SCTV takeoff? Yes, and it was Slim Whitman. He was doing Slim Whitman, and who <laughs> you were and, supposed to be immortal? <laughs> and that was who? Who was playing? It was Indira Gandhi? Oh, Indira Gandhi. It was Indira right. Gandhi played yeah. by, and she would do this weird take to the camera, <laughs> like cross-eyed. I, she would I, cross her eyes. <laughs> I kept my <laughs> promise, and she would whip around to the camera and just do like a. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So good. God, they were so great. God. Andrew Martin. SCG. Genius. Mm-hmm. Slim Whitman as Che Guevara. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Slim Whitman. Oh, good times. All right, guys. It's the Digital Movie Club. Which one do you want to tackle first? John, it's your week. It's a big week for you. Which would you like to tackle first? Oh, hell, let's do the Wolfman first. The Wolfman. All right. I have the, uh, guess what? I have all the stats here because our friend uh, Patrick is not here. So I will give the stats here. The Wolfman uh, is 1941. Uh, it stars Claude Rains, Warren William, Ralph Bellamy, and Lon Chaney, the junior. Um, it uh, gets a 7.1. On, I'm sorry, 7.3 on IMDb, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Directed by uh, George Wagner. Two Gs. Two Gs on George Wagner. Uh-oh. Who'd we lose? There oh, we there he is. We lost uh, Jake for a second. Uh, and this is, of course, part of the uh, Universal Monster Horror Universe. They weren't called Universe back then, but uh, this was the was this the last one, John, before they started crossing over? Was this the last addition to the main uh, yes. milieu of uh, of monsters? Yeah. yeah. After this, they all become sort of uh, monster mashes where you've yeah. got more than one. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hey, if they like two, then they like three. Hey, let's do four, five. Count them five monsters all in one movie. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein so, yeah, this- versus the Wolfman versus the Invisible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, they and- were like. And the quality goes down. After this one, this is the last one that feels like an A picture, even though it's probably more like a B picture. It feels like an A movie. It's got A movie actors. It's well made. After this, they all start, pretty much Universal puts them all in a budget, and they start looking like B movies. Uh, and Glenn Strange as the monster. That's how you know you've reached. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how you yeah, know you've reached yeah. the nadir of the, uh, of the, you of know. the series. Once you start getting Glenn Strange as the monster. Yeah. And Karloff figured that out. He said, look, they're running out of ideas. They're running out of things to do with them. So basically, he's going to lie on a table to the last five minutes. And that's exactly what happened. (laughs) You'd have Glenn Strange, you know, lying on a table for the entire movie. And then in the last five minutes, they'd bring him back to life and he'd tear the the joint apart, you know. (laughs) In a fur coat. In a fur coat. Yeah, that's a weird one. It's like, why? Why am I wearing a fur coat? He's cold. Because you're hanging out with a shepherd. <laughs> why do you look like Sonny Bono? <laughs> <laughs> I got. Well, he could technically sing "I Got You, Babe" and not have to cut out any words. So it is. That's right. It's, mm. Yeah, you, babe. <laughs> babe, good. Love, babe, good. Love dead. Love dead. <laughs> living Mm -hmm. (laughs) love dad that's it uh so wolfman john where does this rank in your where do you rank the wolfman because obviously your number one with a bullet frankenstein's monster that's your number one (laughs) right yeah literally number one with a bullet yeah who comes number two the bride or do you go uh invisible man after that yeah invisible man is what is my probably number two and then, and then and probably the Wolfman. Wolfman's a cool character. Wolfman, uh, you, you put Wolfman yeah. above Drac? Yeah, I was never a huge Dracula fan. I enjoy the Dracula films. No matter who's playing them, I enjoy them. Never, never top of my uh, top of the list for me, you know. But uh, they're fun. They're a lot of fun. Whether it's Bela Lugosi or Christopher Lee or whoever, they're always fun. Yeah. But yeah, I, I go more toward Frankenstein or the Wolfman. 
Wolvie, huh? Wolfie. And this, of course, <laughs> Wolfman is, of course, the story of Marv Wolfman, the creator of Wolverine. So, is that great? Isn't that great? How do you get a? You end up being a comic book writer, and you've already got the name Wolfman. You know, it's <laughs> and, like Gutman. You know, it's like wow. I guess I'm going to be the fat guy. You know, <laughs> I know. I, I don't believe in destiny, but that is that is one. Marv Wolfman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, John, when you you know, let's let's dig a little bit into this. When did you first become? I don't think we talked about this. When did you first get into the Universal Monster movies? Where did you, what was your first one? Oddly enough, I think when I was like five, I saw uh, <laughs> Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And when you're five, that one looks pretty scary <laughs> because uh, I'll never forget there's that scene where Costello sits on Frankenstein's lap and then he looks at the hands on top of the arms of the chairs. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you're five, you're thinking that's pretty scary. You're sitting on Frankenstein. You know? <laughs> but, uh, then you realize pretty quick, oh, it's a comedy. But that's probably the first one I saw. Uh, but by the time I was like in fifth or sixth grade, they had a couple shows on the weekend. That's all they showed. Uh, they called them Monster Rally or Creature Features. It was cheap content. Channel 11 or Channel 5, they would just show them uh, every Saturday and Sunday. You'd see all the classic Universal Monster movies. And then sometimes in the summer, they'd show them at midnight. You know what? I'd have to stay up till midnight to see them. And I realized later that they're, you know, they're bringing so many commercials uh, you know, a 69 minute movie, they expand to like three hours, you know, because you're getting all the Cal Worthington used car commercials, right. you know, every, five, every five minutes. Of course, you don't realize that as a kid, but when I was finally able to watch them on videotape or DVD, you go, Oh yeah, these things just, they move right along. The, uh, the, there's no fat, the plot lines move right along, but if you're going to put, if you're going to put 90 commercials in there, it's going to kind of slow it down. Sure. Know? Uh, and, uh, you, you're, so Abbott and Costello, was that Glenn Strange and Abbott and Costello? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the makeup is cool. I mean, you know, the makeup. And really the great thing about that one is it's probably a bigger budget than some of the other monster movies. It's a better looking castle. They've got Bella Lugosi back to play Dracula because he hadn't really played Dracula for about 10, 15 years. They got John Carradine and some other people to do it. So uh, Abbott, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is actually a pretty good looking picture. It's a bigger budget. And, um, you know, it's for people that love the Universal Monster movies, I think most of them like that one because it's the old gang is back. You got Lon Chaney Jr. playing the Wolfman. You got Bela Lugosi playing Dracula. And uh, there's just some great scenes. So even though it's a comedy, it's kind of a good one. It, you know, before Young Frankenstein, it was the go to uh, horror movie comedy mashup, you know, uh, who played and great looking sets, you know, didn't they do another one? Abbott and Costello meet. Uh... Oh, they did a bunch of them. That one was such a hit. You know, it's funny. They didn't think that was going to be much of a hit. They didn't even when they were making it, they just thought, God, who's going to go see this? And it was a smash hit. And so they said, OK, now we can have you meet. Who didn't you meet in this? You met three of the monsters. Immediately, they, they did a Abbott and Costello meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with Karloff playing Dr. Jekyll. Then they did Abbott and Costello meet uh, the, the Invisible Man. And then they did Abbott and Costello meet the Mummy. So pretty much they fixed it. So they met every monster in the bunch. Who are Karloff, the Mummy. There's Old even Jackson. a movie called Abbott and Costello meet Boris Karloff. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. It's kind of like a murder mystery. And he's kind of like a, a red herring. He's not really the, the killer. But I thought, how great is that? How many people... Uh, or do they have their name in the title of the movie? <laughs> you know, that's like you know, too cool. Just to digress for a second, uh, you know what I just saw? It was it went off the Criterion Channel at the end of the month, and I had never seen it. 
uh, speaking of Boris Karloff, was The Black Cat. I had never seen that movie. Which one? Uh, the 19, with Karloff and Lugosi. What'd you think? Uh, really great sets. Uh, the sets are insane. And, uh, and creepy. Very creepy. Um, weird that he killed a cat and nobody was like weird about it. it was, that was a weird scene. Yeah. He, just, he just kills the cat and everybody's like, meh, I killed a cat. And then uh, it was just kind of weird that he would like freak out and like cover his eyes and then... Uh, but what'd you think about, uh, God, he had all those ex-wives in these glass coffins. Yeah, it was display. super creepy. It was super creepy. And that's, you know, that's like, I think that's like the last movie before the code kicks in. After the the, the production code kicks in, they go, no more of that. No more displaying <laughs> dead wives in your in your uh, basement, you know? Yeah. And then also he's like a Satan worshiper. Yeah. Uh, and they, he was based on Aleister Crowley, I think. Full on. And he really looks creepy with that sort of Bauhaus haircut. You know? Yeah. Super creepy. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was really well done. I saw, I watched that and I watched Mad Love with Peter Lorre, which I had also oh. never seen. Which I had also. Oh, what'd never you think seen. of that? That was a good one. Tell me. Really good one. Really good one. Worth also, also out. creepy. Yeah, also very creepy. You know the whole the thing with the and then he's just so he's such a creepy guy, uh, but also and heartbreaking. Shaved, but also heartbreaking. Yeah, with the shaved the shaved head. Yeah. And, and he's uh, all, it's you, it's you who are cruel, but only to be kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and well, it's also where Ren, uh, Ren got the line, it is not I who am crazy. <laughs> it will not, it is not I who am mad. And he's going to put him in the madhouse and do all that stuff. We're checking it out. It seems like um, if people are doing a Peter Lorre impression, that's the Peter Lorre they're doing. Yeah, kind of a little manic you know? and crazy and, and uh Really yeah. good, really good. And, Both were on. Kind of sad. Everyone's so repulsed by him that it's kind of sad. He is kind of sad. But uh, and Colin Clive, what did you think? I mean, he's just so tortured. They're going to cut off his hands and yeah. put on new, like a murderer's hands. You know? Well, and then God. also what I was really shocked at for the time, Key Luke uh, playing a non-stereotyped Asian doctor. Very yep. just yep. you know. There's no mention. There's no. He's just like, hey, yep. he's he's another doctor, and that was it. Yep. I was like, oh, this is great. This is refreshing. Yeah. So it was really yeah, well really done. Cool. Really well done. So check those out if you haven't seen. If you, if you like the. I'm the, so glad you caught that. What a great double feature. Wow. Well, those what I both great. What I do is every month stuff comes off of the Criterion Channel. So I go through and I go, well, if this looks interesting. I got to get it before the end of the month. So I think I told you last week. Nicole and I are going through all these Cary Grant comedies. And they're all coming off at the end of the month, but we've seen most of them now. So I went through to check, and it was like at the end of last month. And so on the, I think it was the thirtieth. I didn't have any work, so I, I watched a double feature of that. And it was only I literally two and a half hours, maybe. It was like it was literally uh, I could have watched like th- one more movie and still wouldn't have watched the entirety of Lord of the Rings. So what did uh, Nicole think of those two movies? She didn't watch them. It was just me. I was just, uh, I just uh, happened to catch them, and I I had time to to sit down and watch crank those two movies out. So what did you think of the line when he cuts the phone lines? <laughs> he says, Karloff says to Lugosi, "You see that? Even the phone's dead." <laughs> <laughs> it was good because it was Bella Lugosi actually getting to act and not be and and, and be very simp- a very sympathetic character. And, and he's uh, a good guy. And he's a good guy. <laughs> And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was it was cool. Yeah, it was- got that ending, that ending where he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to skin you alive. <laughs> and when they, I'll tell you, when the censors saw that, they go, well, that's enough of these. You're not going to get to do any more of these. You know? yeah, so if you, if and they really, they pulled the plug. They said, no more. You have to now go by the code if you're going to do these horror movies. You if know? you're a, if you're a horror fan, if you're a fan of, of classic horror movies, check out 
Definitely check out the black cat, just because of, I mean the the production design and the and the photography are beautiful. And then, I mean, it's uh, that's so crazy that his house is all done up like modern, you know, like streamlined Art Deco meets Bauhaus. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. It's super, it, and then and uh, super creepy. And it's the first time that Karloff and Lugosi did a movie together. And, so the posters were like. Here they are in one movie, you know, Boris Frankenstein Karloff with Bella Dracula Lugosi. They really pushed it. And know? then there's that whole weird subplot where he married the he marries the he marries his stepdaughter. There's that whole weird oh, thing, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. So check it. Yeah, look at Jake's face. Sorry, Jake. No. Definitely check it out. Um, uh, but uh, it's worth checking out. But I, I sorry to digress there. I just wanted to throw that in there since we're in the middle of these of the classic uh, horror movies. So John, tell us about uh, how do you like the Wolfman? I, Give us your breakdown. Oh, I, I like it. Like, it is the last of the great, uh, you know, universal horror pictures. They did many more after that, but this is the last one that's really like a bona fide classic. And, you know, they had tried that werewolf movie six years earlier, and it didn't, it wasn't much of a, it wasn't a hit. It was kind of a flop. And that was Werewolf of London. And um, I've always been a big fan of that movie because it's a really cool makeup. It's more subtle, not as heavy duty, not as buried in the yak hair. <laughs> Uh, and also it's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can, you can see the actor's face and it's uh, a little more subtle. Also, I love that he still, he puts on a cap and a scarf and a coat and goes sort of like goes out. He's like human enough to kind of go out and do his stuff without, you know, running around on all fours. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it that. Wasn't it wasn't it. You've seen it. Henry Hall, werewolf of London. You know, I haven't, I got all the universal monster D- DVDs when they had those collections out. So I yeah. have, I think I have the Wolfman, and I have, I have it somewhere. It's, it's, I have to it's check on it out. there. If your Wolfman has got all the Wolfman movies, it's on there. I have to check it out. I don't remember it, but because you know they're so short, I think most of the time when they have the Wolfman on DVD, they throw in the other five, and that's that's one of them because it's really their first attempt at a werewolf movie, uh, but it wasn't much of a hit, so they kind of waited and about. Uh, about six years later, they said, let's try it again. The script for The Wolfman, it was uh, written to be a Boris Karloff movie. But at that time, he was having uh, contract negotiations with Universal. And uh, he was kind of out of the picture. So they said, well, let's get somebody else. And uh, that's how they got Lon Chaney Jr. Because he was just sort of making a name for himself. And they said, this guy might might be the trick. And also, because they liked the name, you know, he didn't used to go as Lon Chaney Jr., went by his real name. Uh, Creighton Cheney, and he wasn't getting very far with that name. He was playing very small parts, doing stunt work. Uh, really, he said they they starved me in just billing myself as Lon Chaney Jr. because they wouldn't give me um, a good part unless I used. They wanted to use that on the uh, on the posters. They said as Lon Chaney Jr., you're going to be much worth much more to us because people still remembered his dad, the, sure. the man of a thousand faces. You know, it had only been ten years since he passed away, so people still remembered. The Man of a Thousand Faces, Lon Chaney Sr. But his dad, his dad never wanted him to be in movies. He, he uh, wanted him to be, uh, actually got him into like a plumbing business. He says, I don't want you being an actor. There's nothing but, but heartache and hard times. You know, do something that's, uh, that's more steady. But when he died, um, he said, well, to heck with this. I want to be an actor. So that's, that's how he did it. But it was, it was really a grind until uh, Of Mice and Men, which is about a year before The Wolfman. And he really, that really put him out there as being a, somebody to, to watch as a big star you know it's funny it's always funny how dopey he is in this one I always yeah it always, it always yeah. well because first yeah. of all you don't know where this takes place but it's obviously you yeah. at first you think it might be england because you got claude yeah. rains as the dad 
and then his, yeah. his name is Larry, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Larry. Hey, a werewolf named Larry. Hey, Larry. They a- had to rewrite the script because he was supposed to be like uh, the son of an English lord. And when they said, you're going to get Lon Chaney, you know, Kurt Siodmak, who wrote the script, they said, you're going to get Lon Chaney Jr. And he's like, this is a real American looking guy. He looks like he's a football player, you know. And they say, I don't know how he tweaked the script. I guess we'll have to make it like he's returning back to the ancestral home after spending 10 years in America. Because they say, you're never going to convince people that this guy's an English lord, you know. It's, no. it's hard enough to convince people he's the son of Claude Rains. I mean, that first scene, you go, my God, if that's his dad, what did his mom look like? <laughs> <laughs> he's like six foot two and he looks like he's playing football, you know. That's funny. But uh, Claude Rains is so good, and he really brings a believability to this movie. He plays it so straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really goes a long way towards selling some pretty outlandish ideas, you know. Jake, had you seen this before? Uh, I actually haven't. You, what did you think, my man? I thought it was good. It's really it's really quick. Which is yeah, it's like 69 minutes. <laughs> up top. Yeah, there's zero fat. It's just we're moving, we're moving, man. Yeah, it's, I thought it was great. Did I thought it was great, great atmosphere. Um, I mean, the the wolf, the wolf man. It's a little dated, but I still thought it was, it was a solid movie. How do you I like always, the makeup? Makeup, I yeah, the makeup I thought was pretty good. Um, I always love anything involving werewolves and vampires. There you go. I've got a little soft spot for that, so I'm surprised I haven't actually seen this before, but. I think it's crazy that a movie from the 40s is like, hey, look, a pentagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, a pentagram. <laughs> it's just kind of like, look, Satan. Satan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, check it out. Uh, well, to, to add another dimension to that, you know, the guy that wrote it, he's one of these filmmakers. Kurt Siodmak was like one step ahead of the Nazis. He was a, a German Jew and he barely got out. He's one of these filmmakers that barely got out of Germany before the Nazis kicked down the door. So for him... Uh, a, a, a five-pointed star had a whole other meaning. You know? Oh, sure. sure. And um, he kind of looked at this through that filter. They always say, you know, uh, somebody, you know, destiny is caught up with him. You know, I didn't ask to be uh, bitten by a werewolf. And I think, you know, it was probably a subtext for I didn't ask to be born, you know, a Jew in a, in a, <laughs> in a Nazi, you know, uh, empire there, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely it's it's interesting because he's a tortured soul. That's what's sad about this movie. It's not really a horror movie. It's a movie about a guy who's got this who's cursed now, and uh, is trying to live with his curse and trying to get other people to believe. He's trying to get his dad to believe him. You know, that's the heartbreaking part is that he's he's going to his dad to to tell him look, and his dad's like nope 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 like his dad will not have it, which is uh, which is another part of the yeah. tragedy. And then ends up spoiler alert. His dad ends up the one that kills him, which is, you know. And the look on his face when he sees him turn back into his son and he looks at him in the face and he looks at the cane, the look on his face, it's just heartbreaking, you know, because through the whole movie, he's been telling him, oh, Larry, it's in your mind. You know, we're going to we're going to fight this thing, you know, and he can't believe he did it. He just can't believe he just killed his own son. It's almost like a Greek tragedy. They said it's almost written like a Greek tragedy. Uh, the way on purpose Kurt Siodmak was really quite a writer uh, yeah Jake you mentioned the atmosphere one of these things about this about the movies in this era this is the uh, is is the, the universe I can't even talk I'm so 
wound up about this, but this is the golden age of the universal ground fog. So <laughs> I love that. I, I do love I do that. like me some ground fog. Though. Yeah. It's super cool. It's a really great effect. It adds a lot to the atmosphere. Makes it feel like a dream. Uh, they always talk about this movie almost like a fever dream mm-hmm. because it starts off. He's just, he's back home and he meets the girl. You know, it's so sad because he's flirting with this girl and they have some chemistry. And the first time they go out, he gets bitten. And from then on, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So all that fog creeping in from the, the boy it just looks like it's a, like it's a terrible nightmare, you know? Well, you probably shouldn't flirt with engaged women. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cautionary. And them, yeah. Them hammering home the fact that, you know, the the story of the werewolf is about, you know, the good and evil in man. And it makes you think, like, well, is he hallucinating? Is he going crazy? And Yeah. That's, yeah. It, uh, yeah. Cause I love how his dad says, you know, um, every culture has got one of these stories. And what it comes down to is, you know, your people struggle with good and evil within themselves. He's completely just like, come on. You know, do I believe a man can become a wolf? It's, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that his dad too is just like, Hey, we're going to church. That's such a weird, that's a weird scene. You could hear the bells, you know, it, it, you need some Jesus. Yeah, you wouldn't think that Claude Rains, that kind of guy, would be like, "Hey, we're going to church," but he's like, "This is what you need. We're going to church." Um, but he even says that he says, you know, oh, he says words to the effect of, you know, they uh, in these troubled times, you need something to kind of look up to, you know, whether you believe in it or not, you know. Yeah, uh, I do like Claude Rains in this role. Very different from his from his um, his Invisible Man role, but also great acting. You know, bringing a lot to the role, and you're right. He's a very he's a very sympathetic father, but at the same time, he's also he's also very pragmatic. And there's no room in his in his psychology for the fact that this could be could possibly be real. He's a man of science, and there's no, you know. And also, he's like, we're the you know we're the Talbots. Do you really believe they can march into Talbot Castle and take you away? You know, he's also kind of like you know we're here to kind of look over things, you know, we're the, the ancestral home here, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He does say that he does. Do you really think he can come in here and yeah. get you? Yeah. So and God, it's it, all this a movie talent. My God, Warren William, Ralph Bellamy, you know, our old friend from trading places, Ralph Bellamy. This is yeah. one of his girls. This is like, like a year before his girl Friday, you know, I just watched his girl Friday and I just watched the awful truth and he's, he's in both boy he always plays the he always plays the dope doesn't he he always plays right. like <laughs> but he does it really well he does it really well he's got well, that- i love that at, it's so by that time you're so expecting him to see that play that kind of character that uh carrie grant even says he looks like that fellow what's his name uh ralph bellamy <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah anyway, that's a rare rare crowd that they actually uh, name check you in the movie yeah know? well he also refers to himself in that movie he says, uh, uh, a guy named Archie Leach, right? I said, there's a guy named Archie Leach right before I slit his throat, is what Craig Grant says. It's a great line. Uh, uh, so cool. So cool. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Bellamy's good in this. You, the, all the whole cast is great. And then a, a really tragic little cameo by Bella Lugosi. That's a great little cameo, too. Boy, and he's great. He's in it for like four minutes, and he's so great. You know, it's just, it shows you what he can do, but boy, he is barely in it, you know, yeah. but the whole thing with him reading the cards and just, he just looks horrified when he sees the pentagram in her hand, you know, mm-hmm. he just like, okay, it's over. Get out. You know, it's like <laughs> fortune's over, you know? 
Oh, man. Werewolf. And, of course, uh, Maria Uspinskaya, who just about steals the whole movie, you know, with her, her monologue, you know. Oh. Um, the, gyp- the gypsy woman in Maleva, you know. Yes. You just, uh, she just about steals the whole movie. Another actor that brings complete believability to this wild tale, you know. Uh, Jake, did you have any uh, thoughts on the lovely Evelyn Akers as the love interest? I forgot her name. I'm sorry. Oh, Evelyn Akers? Oh, as uh, Gwen, uh, Gwen uh, Conliffe, yeah. Gwen, yes, that's her she name. Was. Yeah. <laughs> I really, yes, she was. I really thought she was great, and I, I was mm-hmm. really, I really think, th- uh, you know, a, a lot of the the leading ladies in the horror movies are disposable, and I thought she really brought a lot to the part. I thought she was... She had a really nice quality. She's very, uh, you know, I thought she really did, you know, she really felt for for Larry. I thought that she she played that very well. I, she stood out mm-hmm. for me because a lot of these. Very believable. Yeah, a lot of these, the girls in these movies tend to be like cardboard cutouts. And uh, She was very believable. And they've got obvious chemistry, which is great acting because they did not get along. Uh, she did not get along with Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah. in real life. So that is acting on both there because they really look like they're falling in love, you know. <laughs> oh, really? Why did, why did they not get along, John? Give us the dish. Dish the, dish the, the gossip. Oh, I don't know. You know, he, uh, I think even then he was drinking a lot. And I oh, think okay. he would, uh, That'll it, maybe some, some boorish behavior, you know, behind the scenes. He'd hang out with Broderick Crawford and they'd drink each other. But they, you know, they drink with each other until they were in a stupor, you know, and just then wrecked the dressing room. And, and so I think she just found it, you know, probably tough to, tough to get along with, but it just goes to show you that's great acting. Cause they both have a real chemistry in that movie. You know, you know, she, she does feel really looks like she feels for him, you know, let me just advice to the young ladies out there. If a guy is courting you and says that he's looked into your room with a telescope, that's a big red flag. <laughs> you could never do that scene today. You know, she's a little like, you what <laughs> you're looking at and he just sort of charms his way right out of it. Oh, I was just, you know, fixing up my telescope. It would be like, okay, see ya. You know? <laughs> These days you'd be like, well, I got to go now. <laughs> police. Uh, call the police. This mad <laughs> police. <laughs> he, was, Const- he was constable. <laughs> he was pretty creepy, especially when they went to the fortune teller and then her, her friend went in first and he's like, Oh, well, now that we're alone, let's go for a walk. And she's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, come on. <laughs> and look what happened. No, you want to. Yeah, look at what a- <laughs> it's all I heard. It's all I heard. That <laughs> well, that's, that's, when you re- that's when you remember that line from an Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, where he says, you don't understand. When the moon is full, I turn into a wolf. And Luke Costello goes, yeah, you and 20 million other guys. <laughs> Uh, what's great is this is the golden age of doing that move where a guy puts one arm against a tree or a door or you know and gets right in a girl's face this is a yeah you couldn't do that today yeah no no personal space back in the 40s man uh Two words, breath mint. The part that always the part that always makes me laugh is when he rolls up his pant legs and he's got yeah. the, the hair on the legs. That always makes me laugh. Because it's just like it's just know. another day for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody says, Hey, he's wearing a wife beater. You know yeah. <laughs> that forties wife that forties wife beater, that extra ribbing. It's like extra ribbing. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's good stuff. Her pleasure. I think yeah. the best thing you can say about the, the best thing you can say about the script for this movie is it's so completely realized that everyone after this movie sort of assumed as time went on, they assumed that this was all based uh, specifically on some sort of story or folk belief. And while there was sort of like some mythology about werewolves in general, this whole thing was just cooked up, completely cooked up from beginning to finish by uh, Kurt Ziodmak. There was no book that this was based on, like Frankenstein and Dracula and even The Invisible Man are all based on on literature. This was just completely cooked up. And that whole thing about even a, a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf vein blooms and the, and the autumn moon is bright. He just cooked that up and... It's people just sort of like, oh, yeah, they must they just think that's like a part of somebody's folklore. You know, it's uh, it's been, been handed down now for so long. People assume that it was based on something real. You know, He just thought of it all. He just cooked it up. But it sounds like something that's like an ancient, like ancient lore, you know. Yeah. All right. Let's rank this one. Let's tra- let's rank the wolf, man. Uh, Jake, what do you give Wolfie? I give it an eight. Give it an eight. John, I give it a nine. This is this is a, a personal favorite. I'm gonna give this one a seven. Uh, no no reason. I, I I like this one. I like this one, but I don't love it. I do like it a lot, but I don't love it. It doesn't reach the Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein level for me. But and I think a lot of it has to you do know, with this. I think a lot of it has to do with me. Just Lon Chaney for me is just kind of dopey. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. Right. He's right. very sympathetic. He's not a- He's not a great actor. He's very, very good in this. He's very sympathetic. He's not one of the all-time great actors, but he's perfect for this part. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, he's very sympathetic, but it's also like he's, a, yeah, you're, you're right, John. He's not a great actor. Other I, people say that this movie isn't quite as stylish. Something like The Invisible Man or Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, if you had like you know James Whale or Carl, Carl Froon directing something like Mad Love or The Mummy, they have a style to them. This is not necessarily stylish, but it's certainly uh, is completely realized. You feel the dread. You feel it's almost like a fairy tale. It's completely self-contained and 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 feels like it's really happening. But the complaint it usually gets from film snobs it is it's not particularly stylish. Yeah, that would that I would I would agree. It feels very workmanlike. Feels like a feels feels like a regular movie, and as opposed to you, you know, Bride of Frankenstein especially has an other. Oh, almost yeah. ethereal quality to it. This feels yeah. along. This <laughs> feels. This feels much more like you. Like you're right, John. This is the gateway to the other. Even Creature from the Black Lagoon. Just it, the monster's great, but it doesn't feel like. Right. You know, it doesn't feel like a, anything special. Whereas when you're watching the original Frankenstein or, or even Dracula is you know has that weird like it's like a fever dream almost you know so. Uh, and that's the difference between the 30s and the 40s, is. Uh, even the universal stuff starts to look different and feel a little different. Uh, not as European, you know, because by 41, 42, we're in the war. And so the way we're looking at Europe is we're looking at it in a different way. So oh, the good 30s stuff. Yeah. And the hero is, you know, all American, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not doesn't quite have that European vibe. All that stuff in the 30s. It really looks like it's uh, they've all seen the German expressionist films. And it's all very obvious. And now, from here on out, the Universal stuff looks much more, um, like you said, workmanlike. Yeah, it's pretty much like straightforward, and a uh, lot of fun, though. A lot of fun. And this is probably like the last one that uh, that feels like a classic. You know. Uh oh. Sorry. Sorry. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I I got distracted there for a second. I gotta. 
thought you were going to say, we have to do it over again. We weren't recording. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't, you, don't you say that again. Don't you do that again. There's only so much gold up in this brain. I can't whip up more. <laughs> No, you, you There's are, gold in them, our you, brains. Yeah, I can't mine if, it, if I it, mine out too much gold in one sitting. If, there, if, if there's one word for you or, or one name for you, it's glory hole. That's all I'm going to say, Jake. You're Ooh. like the glory hole. Mm. So. I see. What? I don't know what that means. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to know what that means. It's a, it's a, I, no, mean, I, know, I know what it is, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. You need, I to, see ride, you need to ride the, uh, the Calico Mine Train. At, oh, okay. uh, at Knott's Berry Farm, and you'll find all about the glory hole. Okay. Wow. And while That's you're in the, the right, huh? Yeah. And <laughs> while you're there, uh, stop off and check out the chicken playing the piano. Uh, <laughs> always, for those of you that don't know and who haven't been listening to the podcast that long, uh, one of the all time great comparisons uh, John Sandy made was uh, Disneyland is where the ro- where you have pirate robots, <laughs> robot pirates, and uh, Knott's Berry Farm is where the chicken plays the piano. There you go. That's uh, that's true. All right, guys, we're that's, off. That's the difference. We're off on the road to Morocco uh, from 1942. This movie gets uh, 7.1 on, oh, yeah, 7.1 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomato, starring Bing Crosby, Dorothy Lamore, Bob Hope, and a young Anthony Quinn, written by Frank Butler, Dan Hartman, and directed by David Butler. Uh... It's the road to Morocco, guys. John, John, two point eight million box, three point eight million dollars box office. Oh, you're checking it out. What what yeah. was the budget on that? Budget doesn't say. Just has box office. This is the third in the road pictures. We watched the first, the road to uh, Singapore, and this is the third, the road to Morocco from 1942. And uh, John, where does this rank in your uh, your ranking of all of the road movies. Where does this one come in? This is my second favorite of all of them. Yeah, this is boy. They're on a real streak, and uh, this is about as good as it gets. The only one I like a little better is Road to Utopia. You put them together. This is the the peak of their chemistry and their their uh, their humor. And uh, John, where did you first? Did we ask, uh, talk about this last time. How did you first discover the road movies? Because I know you're it's funny. Big... Oh. All these things, it's always the same. It was TV. You know, <laughs> back in the 70s, uh, they ran all this stuff. It's not like now where you'd have to have it on cable or find it on a DVD or a download. They were running all these old movies. That's all they were doing, especially on the weekends. All day long is just running old movies. So it was a similar thing. I think they ran a week's worth. I think they ran five of these Monday through Friday. So you get a crash course. It was like with the Preston Sturges movies. You get a crash course. They started Monday. They ended Friday. You pretty much saw all of them, you know. And uh, I just couldn't believe how funny they were. That's why I started to, to understand that something that old could be uh, super funny, you know. Yeah, there, there, the there's 70s, a lot of. You know, feel, you're, looking, you're looking at something that's already forty years old, you know. Well, the fact that they're always breaking the fourth wall makes it feel very modern. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that, exactly. That gives it a modern feel, and you see where this informs everything from, like Bugs Bunny. And Daffy Duck, you know, with their when they get together, they're doing a Hope and Crosby. You realize they're doing, they're they're basically ripping off Hope and Crosby when they're doing. Like yeah, their, you're right. When they're doing you're their right. stage act, you know, Daffy yeah. Duck is definitely the Bob Hope character, and and uh, 
and Bugs Bunny's definitely the Bing Crosby. Down to having him in the, you know, later on in the road movies, you get him wearing the, the striped coats and the straw hats, and then they, you know, yep. Bugs and Daffy yep. do the same exact thing. Um, I never thought of that. You're right on the money. They, they're doing Hope and Crosby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. You, you can see where it's happening. Uh, yeah, yeah, but they do feel very modern. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they feel very they don't feel i mean aside from the fact that it's in black and white and you know but the fact that they're, they're always creaky no 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 and uh, the personality of both uh, comes out you know very strongly and you realize bing crosby had some comedic chops you know he wasn't just the straight man you know yeah. he could be funny yeah. too and he can deliver yeah, a line and and, it, and they all sound like ad libs that's the thing you know they had their writers just off screen uh sort of like polishing the script they, every day they were handing him new ad libs and he was, yeah, you're right. He's just as fast as hope. He's just, uh, he's, you know, big, he's a musician, he's a singer. So his rhythm is, imp is impeccable. He just slides them right in there. They both are really uh, fast on their feet with the, uh, with the one liners. And it's kind of funny that Bob Hope always plays kind of the guy who's at a disadvantage. Um, <laughs> but he plays it well. He plays it well. It's like, it's a good shtick. <laughs> It's it's a good shtick. And uh, is when did you come across these? Uh, I had seen them on you know here and there on TV. The same thing, you know, they'd run them on um, the one they would always run is the one I think it's Road to Bally. Uh, the color, the color, the one. color one. I would always see that one, and you know, it's like Bob Hope gets in the tank with the or no, he's a die, he's a deep sea diver, and there's a squid, and and yeah. so, so when I was a little kid, I liked that because it was like, hey, this is like twenty thousand leagues under the sea. And then you're watching it, you're like, oh, they're making jokes and it's funny. And, you know, Bob Hope's silly enough that, you know, you can be entertained. You realize it's, you're not watching a serious movie. And then right. you, you just want them to stop singing because you're a little kid and you don't care about that. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. So get me to the comedy. But I think that's how I discovered them. I, and then, you know, you're a big uh, proponent of them. But I'm not as familiar with them as you are. I haven't seen as many as you have. So uh, I do know that, uh, you know, I enjoy them when I see them. But, uh, have you seen a road to utopia the one where they're in alaska not, i have not you will fall out of your chair that's that's the apex it's the one they did after road to morocco that's the apex it's like if you thought this one was funny that one even goes a little bit further is anthony uh, quinn the bad guy in all of these is that what i'm figuring out uh he's the bad guy in like two of them uh i think douglas dumbrill is the uh, bad guy in the next one okay whenever they've got a bad guy it's always somebody who's made a career out of playing bad guys yeah you know? Yeah. They always get the best people to be the bad guys. They have to be believable because the more jeopardy they're in, the funnier it is. When they when they really look like their goose is cooked, that's when it's funnier, you know. Yeah. Jake, what did you think of this one? Did you now, now that you've seen your second road picture, did uh, did you like this one better or did you like God, it less? This one's funny. <laughs> this one's this one's really funny. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Oh, just like there's so many, there's so many scenes. They have such a great chemistry. They do, and uh, sells his sells his buddy off for some quick cash. <laughs> <or> <laughs> what the, did you sell? <laughs> <laughs> the what, what they when the the camel was kissing them on the cheek or licking their cheek. Oh yeah, that really cool special effects camel. I do yeah. love that. Or when the talking camels at the it's it's just so ridiculous and so funny. Uh, and they have a couple. There's a lot to do with the two of them, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, mm. having such a great chemistry and just being just 
<laughs> so naturally just charismatic and funny. The line that made me laugh the hardest, it was because of the way he delivered it, was when he says, <laughs> it's so dumb. He says, I'm about to be uh, the Pasha. They're about to, he's like, I'm going to marry this girl and I'm about to be the Pasha of, of Morocco or whatever. And he's like, emphasis on the Pash. <laughs> he does that little bite. <laughs> it's, so <laughs> it's so dumb, but it made me laugh so hard. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great moments in here and a lot of great chemistry. And what I was really, the part that made me laugh out loud too was when they're, the, when they're doing the head, they're, 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 you can just see their heads in those weird boxes with the little <laughs> animatronic heads. Yeah. And they fall out, and you see that they really took a tumble. It was really them. It's really Bing Crosby. And uh, and the way they fall it was just hilarious, uh, the way they break through the, the, the plaster and fall. And it looks like Bing really took a – you because know, he didn't have his arms. He didn't have a, he had to fall straight uh, face first with that thing on. So yeah, it looked yeah. really cool, but it was really really funny. Um, you know, this is definitely uh, less offensive than uh, than uh, <laughs> what we saw in Road to Singapore. Depending on how you describe an idiot, depending on what you think they mean by idiot, it could either be mm. a little less. But yeah, you're not cringing. You, there was no. I wasn't. I really didn't feel the cringe like I did with uh, Road to Singapore. So I was happy. I was happy about that. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, there are some stereotypes in here, but uh, it is funny. It is. It's an. It's, it's unavoidable. It, it's unavoidable when you see it. You, it's such a cartoony movie. You know where it's going to go. You yeah. Know. It's like, hey, we're in a foreign land, so everything's up for grabs as far as the, you know, all especially that. in the forties, fifties, sixties. Even there's certain stereotypes that are just kind of ingrained in the movie. Seventies, eighties, nineties. You just you kind of take it. Well, you know they didn't go to Morocco. You know that's the Paramount back lot. Yeah. So of course it's uh you know uh it's like Justine said they want to go to exotic lands but they're not exactly going to show you exotic people. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be all the extras on the back lot. But um. But yeah, if you just I love the scene. Oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I love the scene where they're, where they're locked up. And he, he recounts what's happened so far. And he goes, I know all that. He goes, yeah, but these people that just walked in don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're, you're laughing already. And then Bing puts a button on it. And he goes, you mean they missed my song? <laughs> <laughs> which is the one, which is the movie? I, there is one line from the these where I remember where he says, uh, Bing Crosby is about to start a song. And Bob Hope says, if you want to go get popcorn, now's the time. <laughs> which one is oh, that one? I love it. Oh, I forget which one that is, but I, that's a great line. The, the other one I love is there's uh, in Road to Utopia. He's uh, on a couch. Uh, Dorothy Lamore is doing what she's always trying to do is, you know, uh, putting the moves on Bob Hope so she can get like the map to the gold. And uh, so they're, they're, they're kissing on the couch. And all of a sudden, Bob gets up and looks at the camera and goes, as far as I'm concerned, folks, the movie's over now. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or, Go ahead. When they're locked up and he has the, and he has the three wishes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. <laughs> That's such a great. And of course, the last, the last line where he's all, you know, hey, I want to win an Academy Award. You know? <laughs> What's the matter with you? We're going to get picked up in about five minutes. You had to open your big mouth. That was the only good scene I had in the whole movie. <laughs> That's great. 
Uh, yeah, the, oh, the, uh, the fact that they do a lot of uh, that breaking the fourth wall really makes it feel a very modern. You, you see a lot yeah. of things are informed by it. And uh, you see why, you know, uh, I'm not the biggest Family Guy fan, but Seth MacFarlane has done a bunch of these, uh, mm. a, a bunch of the road parodies. Uh, so he's a big fan of these also, apparently, you know. Yeah, they even do the song. You know he's a fan because they're even singing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like Stewie and Brian will be on a train on the way somewhere and they'll be singing. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he obviously loves these. <laughs> Jake, did you, uh, did you like the songs? Songs were great. Yeah. Bing has a way with the song. Road of Morocco's great. Um, it was like the midnight, whatever one he was singing when they were in the palace. They're all, I mean, they're all great songs. Yeah. And it, Crosby just has just a, a beautiful voice. So yeah. And I, I can uh, hear him read the phone book and I'd be happy. This is the same team that brought uh, the, 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 the guys who do the songs, Jimmy Van Heusen and, and, uh, Oh gosh. Uh, oh, Sammy Kahn. Uh, I don't think it was Sammy Kahn on this one. I think, but these are all these guys end up writing songs for Sinatra later. These guys all right. end up writing for Sinatra. So all these songs you're hearing, this is the same. You know what? When I was hearing, when I was listening to the Midnight One, I'm like, this sounds like a Frank Sinatra song. Yeah, all those songs. These are the same writing teams that you know, and a lot of them they worked with each other. They would they would go back and forth. I think Jimmy Van Heusen wrote all the music, but. Um, but, and a uh, lot of them were hits. You know, the movie would come out, and a lot of times the songs were hits. You know, Johnny Burke. They weren't just throwaways. <laughs> Johnny Burke. Yeah, Sammy Kahn worked with Jimmy Van Heusen also, and they ended up writing a lot of Sinatra songs, a lot of stuff that become like Sinatra standards. So you know, the the team that's putting these movies together is a, it's an A team. These are these are definitely you know top of the line pictures. They were money makers. The, these were some of the biggest money makers Paramount had. It was almost like, you know, you couldn't go wrong if you had the three of them. You knew you were going to make money. So I think they didn't mess with the formula. They just got progressively wackier. I think as you move along, they just get they really bust down that fourth wall and they really start getting silly. Uh, what I also like is that these are, are very quick. They don't they don't spend a lot of, you know, they know what they need to do and they do it. You know, like you said, John. All right. Yeah. Everybody has their role. You know, Bing Crosby. No, no fluff. No fluff. Bing Crosby's the smooth guy, you know. Bob Hope's the bumbling guy, and then you get Dorothy the more. Now, does she? Because in the in the road to Singapore, she's not swindling. Does she always swindle them? Is that a thing? Um, I think it varies. It, she always plays uh, somebody they stumble across, and it's always somebody with a heart of gold. Like she's in a weird situation where she's, you know, um, not in this one, not in mm-hmm. Road to Morocco. Yeah, no, but she, she always falls in love with Bing and kind of reforms, you know. By the end of this one, she's kind of, you know what I mean? I think, doesn't she start this one kind of like she's going to go through with the wedding with Anthony Quinn? Yeah. And then falls in love with Bing? Well, because no. Destiny, because no. Destiny, she, her first her first husband would die, so he's gonna marry, she's going to marry him first. She was going to marry Bob Hope first because it was a predicted that the, 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 the astrologer saw that uh, because of the way the stars, the planets were aligned, that her first husband would die within a week. Then they yeah. cleaned out. Yeah. The, then they cleaned out the telescope, and they figured out. Oh, I was wrong. Uh, you, There's a couple of fireflies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can marry. You know, him. usually, usually she's not a hustler. She's usually somebody. She's usually a damsel in distress. Whether she's playing a princess, or I think in the next one she's somebody whose gold mine was uh, swindled. She's usually somebody in some sort of distress, but she's usually pretty sharp. 
And before long, you realize she's smarter than Bing and Bob. You know, she's going to play one off the other. And and you know, most of the time, she falls for Bing, and Bob usually gets the, the you know, the fuzzy end of the lollipop. But uh, this time, I love that he finally he gets a girl at the end as well. He's all, "Hey, check it out! I'm bringing home the bacon." <laughs> <laughs> and then he's all, "What a slab!" <laughs> Yeah, there's some great '40s vernacular in here too. There's some great. Oh uh, God, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's fu- you're right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's full. You of, could really figure out what the slang was in the '40s by watching one of these. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And that's the fun of it, because let's face it, Bing's talking like a jazz musician. You know, yeah. he's like, <laughs> and that was always his thing. That was kind of his thing on his radio show. Is he was always very. Uh, he always had these flowery ways of putting things. You know, very hip dude. Yeah, very hip. Uh, Jake, are you are you going to seek yeah. the rest of these out? Because I think I don't think we're going to get any more during, for the podcast. Is this a series that you're interested in seeking out? I yeah, I I want to. Jake, do you have a uh, DVD player? Uh, we do. I am going to make sure that you and Mario each get a copy of The Road to Utopia. Oh, nice! Because uh, if you found this funny at all, which it sounds like you both loved it, Road to Utopia is every bit as funny. So I'm going to make sure each one of you gets a copy of this. All right. We'll check it out. I, I definitely want to see it. Absolutely. Uh, John, you're a good egg. Have I mentioned that? <laughs> somebody's, somebody's heart somebody's heart monitor is going off. Everybody okay? All right. <laughs> I thought somebody was blowing on a beer bottle. Somebody, somebody's pacemaker is just taking a, taking a turn. I hope not. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, was, somebody's phone was on vibrate. My pacemaker is on the fritz. Sorry. Yeah. Turn the microwave off. Turn the microwave mm-hmm. off. Uh, let's rank this. Let's rank Road to Morocco. John, what do you give Road to Morocco? I give it an eight. Give this one an eight. Hang on. I didn't uh, write any of the scores down. Wolfman, Wolfman you what, gave did, it a what did you give? Seven. What did you give Wolfman? Oh, Jake, you gave it an eight. Yeah. John, John you gave, gave it a nine. John, you gave it a nine, right? Yeah. And then, uh, so Jake, for Road to Morocco, what'd you think, my man? I give it a nine. Oh, a nine. Big score. All right. Cool. John? Cool. Yeah, I was giving it an eight. So, uh, boy, I'm going to make sure that Jake gets a copy of Road to Utopia. Yeah, I'm going to give uh, I'm gonna give Road to Utopia. I'll give it a, I'm going to give it a seven as well. I'm going to go seven on both. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I'm glad you really like these, Jake, because they are funny. Yeah. John, funny. what's your favorite Bob Hope solo movie? I love the two Pale Face movies. There's Pale Face and Son of Pale Face. Those are really funny mm-hmm. with Jane Russell. And uh, I also like um, The Cat and the Canary, which is his first big hit with Paulette Goddard. That's okay. a great one. Okay. No Lemon Drop Kid, huh? Lemon Drop Kid is great. And um, Sorrowful Jones, those are all great. Also, my favorite, Spy, is a good one. You know, he had a whole other series of solo films. My favorite, Blonde, my favorite, Brunette, and my favorite, Spy. All three of those are great. Uh, it's, uh, it's always great when he's in a movie where it's another time. Like uh, Casanova's Big Night. Oh, I'll tell you one. Here's one. I'll tell you. Uh, probably my favorite solo one is the uh, the Princess and the Pirate. Oh, okay. That's a great one. That's in color, and it's like uh, early '40s, and uh, he's always at his funniest when he's like in a he's like in a period picture, but he's not behaving like he's in a period picture. You know? <laughs> sure. He's just being Bob Hope. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's the 1700s. He's on a pirate ship, but he's still acting like Bob Hope, 1942. You know. So, yeah, I would say my my favorite of his solo films is probably The Princess and the Pirate. Okay. I'll but, check, I mean, he's, he's cranking out two a year. If you look at his filmography, he's basically doing two movies a year. 
uh, all through the forties. He's just, uh, it's just comedic gold. Okay. I'm going to check him out, John. You're a good egg. Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for, uh, for, for uh, putting these on the uh, digital movie club. These, uh, these last two, uh, yeah, I'm glad these last two, I'm glad you like Wednesdays have been great. No, John, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you, you've uh, you've introduced uh, Jake to a whole new a whole new world. Uh, what's next week? Next week is not Valentine's Day, is it? Yes, I think so. Is or is week, it? Is next week the big Valentine's next week? Day? No, that's Sunday. Well, it's it is it is next week. Well, but for, for our purposes. For the show, for our purposes, I guess. Yeah. Are we going to do uh, the apartment and um, yeah, that's the what holiday? That's what I'm looking up right now. For, so for next week, we're gonna it'll be our Valentine's Day show. So we are going to watch Roman Holiday and the Apartment. Roman Holiday and the Apartment are our movies for next week. So that should be a great double feature. Good, good, ready good, to go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, a little, little romance, a little romance there. Greg, Greg, Gregory Peck doing some rom com action. Uh, I've never seen uh, Roman Holiday, so this will be uh, interesting. It's very interesting. You know who you get in there as the, uh, you know, in every rom-com, you need the buddy. You need the best pal, right? Who's the buddy? Eddie Albert. Eddie, really? Eddie Albert. Really great. Really A young, a young Eddie Albert. Yeah, and he's kind of like this, kind of like this, he's like a guy, he's like an American guy who's kind of gone European. So he's got the little... He's got the striped shirt with a little uh, uh, cravat, you know, and he's he, he's really cool. <laughs> it's a lot of fun seeing him not be curmudgeonly on uh, <laughs> on Green Acres, you know. It's fun to see him not going, Lisa. <laughs> well, it's just fun to see kind of uh, Gregory Peck playing something that uh, that you know where he's. And you know, I'll tell you what, Nicole and I just watched Charade with Audrey Hepburn and. Uh, She's always so interesting to watch as an actress. She's yeah. always so, uh, you know, magnetic, you know, and it, it's not just, be, I mean, obviously she's beautiful, but um, there's just something she brings to every movie where you, you can't take your eyes off what she's doing. And, You're right. And, You're right. Uh, you know, she's, she's a very captivating star. And there's very yeah. few there's very few people that can pull that off where you're just like whatever whenever she's on screen, you're watching her. It's the same with Breakfast at Tiffany's and everything she did. And, um, it's funny because Cary Grant is very much that type of actor as well. So in Charade, you're just like, who do I look at? Who am I looking at? In- <laughs> <laughs> right. You got to have one eyeball on her and one eyeball on Cary Grant. Because yeah. uh, she always makes very, you know, a lot of, it's funny because she's one of those actresses who's always kind of Audrey Hepburn. Whenever she's in a role, she's always Audrey Hepburn. But yeah. you, at the same time, you accept it. And you're like, I'm going to. I'm going to enjoy my time with Audrey Hepburn in this, you know. This well, she's charming. Like like Cary Grant, she's charming. So you can't go wrong, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny because a lot of people say that about Catherine Hepburn, and I that I, that goes over my head completely. I, I never... She's abrasive. She's abrasive, yeah. And I feel, like, uh, I feel like Audrey, they share the name, but they're not related, but I feel like Audrey's got that. Like when people say that, you know, it's a, it's a star quality that you can't take your eyes off. Yeah. I feel like she's, yeah. you know, she's definitely... No, she's got it. She's absolutely got it, for you know, sure. You know when Nicole had that? We watched Operation Petticoat, and... Uh, <laughs> And she, she's I've never seen that. She's looking at Tony Curtis's eyes, and she's like, "Look at how blue his eyes are." And then the, the next scene is like a close-up of Cary Grant. And she's like, "And look at him." <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, easy, easy there." Okay. 
I know it, having them both in one movie is almost too much. You know, it's like they're both these great looking guys. You know, it's, it's, I'm like uh, easy. I'm sitting right here to calm down. Calm did down. Did you say, hey, hey, remember me, your husband? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Operation Petticoat's fun. It's a Blake Edwards, very light, very very light uh, World War II comedy, but it's very good. And is, Cary, Cary Grant's is very it worth good. catching? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's all these, you know, you know the story. It's, uh, you know, they, they, it's kind of these misadventures of a submarine in World War II. They get bombed right after. It starts out kind of serious. They're they're docked in the Philippines, and when the Japanese raid the Philippines, they're they're stuck because and they have to like salvage the submarine. And then so it's like this kind of they're limping to try to go get help, and they keep running into misadventures along the way. And Tony Curtis is great because he kind of plays this. He was the admiral's uh, um, aide in at Pearl Harbor. So he, you know, he, him and the admiral's wife won like a rumba contest. So he's kind of like this, like you know, he's like this high on the social ladder, but not not a good navy officer. But it turns out he has a, a penchant for um, for he's the guy who can get you things. He's like the James Garner character in Great Escape, the scrounger. He's the scrounger. <laughs> so he ends up being in him and Cary Grant kind of make this great team because Cary Grant doesn't really trust him at first, but he needs him, and so he's kind yeah. of always. And Cary Grant kind of has to be like this fatherly figure, you know, and it's great. Yeah. You know, all of the it's um, uh, is it Arthur O'Connell plays like the chief engineer and uh-huh. um, and uh, Gavin McCloud is one of the, you know, Gavin McCloud, you know, the typical 50s guys that are all in all the, the crew when you need a crew of a yeah. ship or whatever. You get all these 50s yeah, actors yeah. in there. It's worth, it's worth yeah. checking. Blake Edwards directing. It's worth checking out. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's a very it it's a very fun, light way to kill, you know. Two hours, you know. It's a very Blake Edwardsy movie, you know. So worth checking out. But all right, guys, what a great show, Jake. Yes, you're killing it. Thank you. Thank you for bringing the heat. You know, we were two people down, but you really brought the yeah. thunder. I have to. I gotta make. Up for it. I gotta make. There's a lot of there's a lot of dead weight lifted, so I feel like I could really be myself. You, know? you could free be free. <laughs> I could be free. <laughs> You can spread your wings and yeah. fly. Spread your wings. Yeah. Uh, poor Jake. You got it's two old guys talking, and Jake is going, uh, "Waiter, can I get another glass of water? Can, we're going to be here a while." Uh, but uh, no. Oh, yeah. no, no, Maybe. no, no, no. <laughs> well, you he like loves the hope and prospect. Well, you know that's the great thing about Jake, though. He is an old soul. He does like the movies from this period. He, so it's kind of yes. great having him around. And I'm used to sitting around a table with a bunch of old guys spitting <laughs> tales about their youth. <laughs> I grew up, so. Uh, Why don't you just let it all out, you son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I didn't play with my. I didn't play with my cousins or anyone when I was growing up. I would literally just sit at the dining room table with the family gathering, and it'd be all the uncles sitting there, talking, so, talking about when they were young, and each. The story you hear the same stories, but they change a little bit every time. So that's kind of cool. So you absorbed all the like anecdote. the same thing. Yeah. Yes. Me and, <laughs> me, tell us. Tell us about Jake sitting up. Tell us about the eighties. Tell us. Tell me about the eighties, guys. Tell me about yeah. the. 80s. Oh, let me tell you. Back in the back of my day. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Back in my day, it was. Back really, in my day, you mm-hmm. could buy soda pop for a nickel. Nope. <laughs> nope. You could get it for twenty five cents out of a vending machine, though. A can of soda go. was a quarter. So See, it changes every time. So, so it was a candy bar. I could use my candy bars for for a quarter. See, 
It was the same as time. bus fare. I remember spending bus fare. Uh, Alex and I went to get, catch a movie at the Whitwood. Uh, the bus fare back was like 25 cents. We spent it on extra candy, so we walked back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, now, that does make you feel like, you know, you've been around a while. Methuselah. What? It really is like. You walked all the way back to where you live now, John, or did you live there? You know, yeah. you were. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. And we realized, you know, when you, you know, we're like in sixth grade or something, we're going, wow, this probably wasn't a good move. I thought it was a lot closer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's clear on the other side of town. You're literally walking yeah, across, yeah. A, across yeah, our, town. Our parents were like, our parents were pretty angry because by the time we got home, it was almost dark. And it's like, hey, what the hell happened? You know, it's like, well, we spent our bus fare on candy at the movies. It's, you know, it's almost like how to leave it to Beaver. You know, it's like, you what? <laughs> what movie did you see? Do you remember? Oh, it could have been anything. That's back when the Whitwood was playing like probably two movies. You know, you'd sit up in the balcony and you get it's two movies for the price of one back then. So that would have been like 72, 73, you know, 74, something like that. You know, so who knows what it was? It could have been anything. It could have been. Uh, That's crazy. Could have been a Dis- could have been a Disney film. It could have or it could have been Mr. Majestic with Charles Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> you just walk yeah, literally, you know, walking. they'd run that stuff. Walking yeah. back to uh, uptown. Well, yeah, you know, but I mean, that's a long haul. It is a long haul. I think we thought maybe we could get a ride from somebody. We were with a third friend, and they thought maybe they could call their sister up and get a ride. It just didn't happen. So I said, well, we better start walking. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm going to estimate the, the distance because that kind of, you're following the route of what is now the Green Trail, right? Pretty much. The Green Trail ends yeah. up by where you live now. And uh, that's five miles. That's five miles yeah. uh, one way. Uh, so you probably yeah, walked I think what, yeah, you're right. That's about what it, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, I think what we probably did was we went up Kaleem and then Dick Mar Vista all the way uh, to Uptown, and then we, we'd still probably have another mile to go to get to get home. Yeah. Well, just walking to, uh, walking up Kalima is uh, that's like you need a Sherpa. Yeah. You need a Sherpa to go yeah. up Kalima. That's crazy. And then what, when we're walking down Mar Vista, we're actually walking through people's front yards. You know, I remember at one point, you know, getting a garden hose to get, you know, we're getting thirsty. So we, we got some of these garden hose and turned it on to drink out of the hose, you know. See, <laughs> see, Jake, see what you missed out on? I missed out on, I missed out on drinking out of a water hose, I guess. <laughs> hey, some fun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> John, do you remember? It the- was worth it, for, worth it for that extra candy bar, you know. <laughs> do you remember what kind of candy it was? Uh, no, my memory doesn't go back. I can't even remember what the movie was. <laughs> Can I guess for knowing you? Yes. It was a Snickers. It was, it was a Snickers. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm telling the story. <laughs> I'm picturing a Snickers bar. I'm going, I hope it was I hope it was worth that extra Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you needed the energy to get home. Uh, you, I needed the energy. Needed That's those, right. You needed all those proteins for the for the peanuts. Yeah, all, all the oh yeah, all those nuts, caramel, and nougat. Man, That's I, right. I do miss. I Nougat. do miss. I don't miss a lot of things. I don't miss a lot of candy bars, but a Snickers bar is delicious. Do you feel nougat deprived? <laughs> <laughs> well, Reese's peanut butter cups are my favorite, so uh, they yeah. do have sugar-free peanut butter cups that are really good. So I don't. I don't really miss those, but I'm telling you that nothing beats. I was never a big Snickers far far Snickers fan as a little kid, but when I was older, I loved the Snickers bar. Man, those things are pretty yeah. pretty delicious. And now I stick now I stick them in the fridge, you know, or the freezer, oh. and they're really good. You got to watch that you don't bust a tooth off. But I really like them when you stick them in the freezer. You know? Jake, what was the last last candy bar you ate? The what time war- is it? <laughs> <laughs> He's eating one now. Um, candy bar has been a while. I usually have gummy gummy candies. Gummy, I like I like the sour and gummy as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we bought. We went to Sprouts. Today. Oh yeah, yeah. Getting the, you're getting the tubs. You get the- getting the. They're like little. They're not peach rings, but they're like little like citrus rings. Mm-hmm. So good. Let me tell you what they have at Sprouts. They have sugar free pie. They got wow. They got, and they and they also have lots of sugar. What? All those candies. Are, <laughs> oh, all those candies are so good. Oh yeah. That's the kind of sugar now that every once in a while I go. You know what? Let me taste this just to get a taste. I take a bite and my teeth hurt. Like that's because I don't eat sugar anymore like that. I don't eat yeah. processed sugar like that. So it literally hurts my teeth. And I was like, I used to eat this literally like it was candy. And now <laughs> can't do it. If you had a real if you had a real Coke, you'd probably it would be like drinking syrup. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell right away. Sometimes I'll go to the if I'm at the drive through and I get it. I ask for Coke Zero. Sometimes they'll just hear Coke and pour me the Coke. I can tell instantly when it's, and I'm just like, my yeah. God, how did I used to drink this? How yeah. did I used to do it? But I used to yeah. pound those. I drink a, two large Cokes a day, and then I wonder why I'm diabetic. You know, mm. it's yeah. no one's fault but my own, guys. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering why I'm not diabetic. <laughs> just genetics, man. You got good genes. Be good thankful. Genes. They're, they're made by Levi's. Hey, all right. On that I one. Tell you. And on that one, great we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and end on that one just to let John think about it. So for <laughs> we're off on the road to Morocco for next week. The, I want to be on the back of a fa- I want to be on the back of a fake camel. Yes, I want to like be ma- I want to be mugging at the camera on the back of a fake camel. And make sure you fluff the hump. <laughs> fluff the hump. <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Uh, I just I just remember that he he fluffs the hump. <laughs> He does fluff that hump. Rated X. Rated Morocco. Rated X. He calls me Dorothy Lamore. Rated X. What if he was? What if he was credited as Fluffer in the uh, in the credits for next week? (laughs) For next week, guys, we're gonna we're gonna do Roman Holiday in the apartment for Valentine's Day. So get those in. Check those out uh, wherever you can stream movies. I believe. Uh, Roman Holiday may be streaming on, on Amazon. I might, they might be. Just so check. Always check, you guys, please. Uh, so for John, for Jake, and uh, everybody else, we will say that this transmission ends now. And uh, remember, guys, unity. Unity.